This program contains subject matter and language that may be disturbing to some viewers. Your discretion is advised. Unfiltered. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Gardner. Guys, we are joined by, uh, once again, the author of many books. Uh, he's written many, several, guys, uh, and every book behind him is unique in its own specific way. The author and writer, uh, Branch Isolate. Welcome to the show, sir. Welcome back. Good morning, Michael. Thanks for having me on again. It's great to hear you. It's And it's great to have you back on the show, sir. Last time we had you on the show, uh, we got into a lot of great detail, a lot of great topics. Um, and one of the reasons why we brought you back was uh, was because of that, but also to you know reflect on some of your other uh, novels and uh, stories that you had wrote. Um, there was a book that I had picked up here uh, that you were kindly enough to send me on Reflections on Chrome. Uh, I want to get into that first, first, uh, before we get into the main topic today, which is uh, being titled Coffee Shop Talk, Finding Small Talk in Poems in Everyday Life. Okay. And I find that fascinating because um, I'm a uh, I'm a small talk type of guy. Uh, I find some of the small talk to be one of the most important types of the conversations, uh, which a lot of people are. You know, different, but, uh, you know, it's it's one of the uh, type of, um, how can I say it, uh, junctures, I should say, in my life that I live by. So, um, Mr. Isolay, the, the the latest book, um, I'm, 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 I'm taking this as the latest book that you have written, Reflections on Chrome. This parking lot. Recent. Yeah. Yeah, this parking lot confessions and poetic, right, uh, Pross, uh, wh- where did you uh, – the, the, now, now the image on this book is very, very interesting, you know, with street lights or parking lights. You know, uh, how did you come across writing this, uh, this book? Well, it's interesting, you know, that we're talking about the coffee shop um, venue this morning because in a coffee shop, you have people who are intimate or personal conversations with other people who they have trust in, right? They're revealing a lot of what's happening in their lives and happening to them personally or at work. Well, when people are having intimate conversations late at night, oftentimes with people who are important to them in their lives, but not necessarily a primary person in their life, you'll often find them in, you know, isolated areas. And so that's where the parking lot comes into play. It's a space that's intimate and isolated. It's a space where conversation with somebody, you can have a conversation that has purpose, and you can also have a conversation that deals with issues involved in the relationship. So those two spaces are very similar in terms of what people use them for to reveal things that are happening in their lives. 
And, you know, it's 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 interesting that you say that because, you know, uh, some of these poems that you've written in this book, Reflections on Home, uh, you could see that in pretty much an everyday coffee shop. Uh, different people have different lives, different, you know, scenarios. And, and it's it's interesting, you know, and we're going to get into a little bit of that maybe towards the middle of the show. But uh, I wanted to bring out some of my favorite poems that I've that I that I had seen in this book, if it's okay with you, Mister uh, Mister Isole. Now, the one poem uh, is towards uh, just about in the middle of the uh, one bottle, of water, one cup of coffee. Now, <laughs> those words, one bottle of beer, one cup of coffee, uh, interesting um, because there are th- those are two things that I that I love in this life. I love a, a nice uh, cup of coffee, and I enjoy a a nice bottle of beer from time to time <laughs> what was that poem is about um two, two actually two men sit european setting where they are talking about the past right and uh it, in that venue in that kind of a situation one could have a bottle of beer and the other one could have a cup of coffee but the focus is mm-hmm. not on the drink so much as it is on the conversation uh again as you would to in, in the coffee shop so they are um ex world war 2 participants and they're reminiscing on their experiences and so that's where the conversation goes it's it's uh they both have a different beverage, but they're talking about something important to both of them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, they're having conversations, you know, uh, pertaining to world war two, you know, uh, and you know, the backdrop of it is, you know, uh, moments of pain, moments of glory, and they're kind of finessing, you know, differently as individuals, but, reflecting on their past moments and and it's 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 so interesting that you know you 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 speak to an author here you know such as myself on the show and that conversation uh branch can be turned into a poem it, it's 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 a talent i i must say you have a talent on on taking a conversation and turning it into a poem you know what i mean thank you yeah. Um, I want to get into another one here. Uh, Escape uh, towards the middle of this uh, uh, book here, folks. Uh, that was yeah, that was another favorite. You know, um, I had several favorites in here, but I'll break them down to three. Uh, Escape. Right. I'll read the first couple of words out of the bonique of a day of lilies, all of whom wait patiently, expecting soon to die. OK. The first couple of words, um, very powerful, I may add. Um, was that taken out of a coffee shop as well, too, with a conversation? Or how did you come across that one? Well, actually, um, I was in a, in a friend's home, and I, I was waiting for them. They were taking care of some personal business, so they had me in the living area. And as I you know, looked around to see what they had, it's interesting that uh, even like today, when you watch podcasts and things where people are 
uh, on from their homes. It's interesting to see who, who's in their kitchen, who's in a motel room from wherever they're broadcasting. So I happened to be in a friend's home and I was looking around at all the accoutrements and there was a bouquet of lilies up on the mantle. And uh, each lily uh, obviously is as it fades from you know this present place. But there's one there who looks over of the vase and contemplates how to escape its, its fatality that's on the horizon. Hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, and then the last one here, I want to go into uh, something that struck me very uh, on a personal side and then also, uh, you know, just everything. I mean, because um, uh, for the folks that don't know me very well, I um, before I moved to the, the state of Florida, excuse me, uh, I come from the state of uh, New York. I was born and raised in New York City. So the last one there, uh, towards the end of this book, uh, folks, uh, Twin Towers, okay? Uh, now, this poem can be looked at many different uh, ways, different angles. I look at it as on a personal side because I was in New York City when the Twin Towers came down. Now, I look at it as struggle. I look at it as decisions, responses, and everything in this poem literally hits me on what I personally experienced that day. Uh, 21 years ago, I was a young man, 19 years old, and you know my conscience, you know, from my breath. Alexa, it's game day. Streaming football on Prime Video. Closing blinds. Chilling rosé. Rosé? Well, it's an afternoon game. Huh? It's like she can read your mind. Your mind. I love that we get to sleep in. Ordering fresh mint mouthwash. Extra strength. I was thinking, I shouldn't get a spray tan, you know? Because that's on Wednesday. Activating blender. Funeral's on Monday. the show open march 8th setting reminder to fake your own death on march 8th Donna. what the do you have to do those love scenes with hot guys is that fun or is that like the worst it's the worst tell me lies tell me sweet little lies oh, this bread is delicious oh, did you make it yes uh, it's from my gammy's recipe announcement gammy is short for she bought it at whole foods Announcement. Colin left the oysters in the car for five hours. It's probably better unless it can't read your mind. Bad idea. Hit me. And every little word, you know, that Branch had written in this poem, um, I felt, you know, uh, that day, 21 years ago. I felt darkness. I felt struggle. I felt, uh, you know, guilt. I felt uh, shame by not possibly helping out. I was put in shock. Um, is that one of the reasons why you've written this poem, uh, Mr. Isolé, uh, in reflect of the Twin Towers, or is it an entirely different uh, type of poem for yourself? 
Well, that's a great question, Michael. Um, you know, as we alluded to in the first two poems that you had pointed out, the conversation is about experience, right? And and even with the second one, with the lily, with an uh, inanimate, I mean, an animated object, but not a human, uh, the story reflects the struggle that each of us has, you know, in our daily lives. Um, it can it can be from a, a male standpoint, a female standpoint, or no matter who the protagonist may be, the things that are happening in the story are people's lives. And in the Twin Towers, I didn't specifically, you know, reference the Twin Towers. Uh, the Twin Towers that are referenced in the poem are actually the concept of right and wrong, right? But mm. if you go through the poem, you notice that the refrain is always struggle begins. And so the identifiable parts of the poem for you were certainly, you know, something that real that you experienced firsthand. And that's the idea behind all of the works are to reach the reader into the story, but then allow them to reflectively, you know, take from the story what it is that has meaning or impact to them. But I appreciate the comment on the Twin Towers. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, because that last poem that I that I expressed here on the show, um, it, I, I picked that one as 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 a favorite because there's a lot of reference of what I I had experienced, like I said, 21 years ago, in uh, Lower Manhattan, and the the amount of experience and the amount of just everything uh, behind that that horrific day that happened uh is just you know some of it can be explained you know which i'm going to have that uh on this upcoming sunday we're doing a special show uh and i strongly suggest uh you know the listeners here that are you know listening to this show uh please listen to that show this upcoming uh sunday because we're going to be doing a very very special show uh, in com uh, in honor of the men and women, the brave men and women, uh, firefighters, paramedics, police officers um, that paid their lives, you know, uh, to help others during that very, very sad day of 9-11. Um, but, you know, back to the show here, folks, the the, the parking lot confessions that, uh, you know, Branch Isolay had had written in. It's just how I see it, uh, Branch, is, you know, uh, going back to the topic today, coffee shop talk, finding small talk and poems. This book literally paints the picture on literally everyday life that we experience. You know, it may be, you know, at a coffee shop. It may be at a, you know, a simple Walmart or anywhere we go, a gas station, a parking lot, anywhere. Um, it, it, it is literally the experiences that we find in life that makes them special. A lot of people look at it as poems. A lot of people look at it as short stories. Uh, you, sir, you like to write a lot of poems, it seems. And I find that very interesting, you know, on some of that. I also find it interesting on, you know, uh, some of uh, your other books, uh, you know, that you had written. But this one right here, this Reflections on Chrome, this one really stands out. Um, I have ordered a few other books that you had written. 
on uh, that I found quite intriguing. Uh, but hopefully we can save that for another topic, another episode. Um, but uh, just the, the meaning behind this, um, do you find yourself, you know, with, like I said, I might be repeating myself, but do you find yourself with the experiences that you experience in your personal life uh, on the ideas that come to your books or are they based on, on fact or are they more or less based on fiction? Well, both, you know, it's from their own experience. Um, so my stories are like experience, but they're not necessarily autobiographical, right? I'm a great observer, or I like to think of myself as an observer of life and, and what's going on around me. Here's for stories, you know, everywhere that I am, whether it's um, in a crowd or at a coffee shop or out in nature in the backyard. There's elements of things happening all the time, which just become triggers for different stories. And I think we had mentioned before, you know, the purpose of the stories and the poems are to establish um, acknowledgement of the lessons of life that we all go through and experience, although we don't necessarily recognize them as such, they're the, the things that we encounter with the people and the events and the circumstances that we engage with in our life. Uh, I, I find, you know, you didn't mention the, the one part that's specific to the uh, coffee shop talk, and that's latte chat. Um, which hmm. was actually the the that one was actually uh, from a coffee shop. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's that towards one, the beginning of the book. Yes, yeah, and observing some people in a coffee shop, um, and it it deals with a couple of different uh, conversations that are going on. Uh, but that's it. That you know, it's every place can be for a story to come alive. It's just uh, whether you use your imagination or, or the things and the people that you come in contact with, there's always a story hidden someplace. Sure. And I want to get into that with you, um, uh, with the story behind its story, right? Uh, or the poem behind the poem. Uh, what made you first get into, you know, writing this type of uh uh, write, writing these type of books, these type of novels, whether they were stories or poems. Have you ever been a poet or did you find that later in life? How'd that come across you? I found writing, you know, expression of, of to tell stories late in life. I didn't start writing until I was in my early 50s. So I had a wealth of experience and cumulative, you know, engagements with people and situations all through life, just like everyone else does. It just happened that, you know, I had a motivation to write um, some of these things down. And, and that's how it started. I didn't ever thought I would be a writer as such, and certainly not a published writer. That just evolved. Stories you know, all coming together, you get to a point where you've got a collection and you either publish it or you, you know, keep it hidden away for yourself. So I just said, okay, it's time to share this with the world and, and 
some people it may touch and and some people it may not but unless you put it out there there's no way to hey guys this episode today is brought to you by our good friends at harrys.com what is harrys.com it is a awesome affordable set of razors and other products as well too Um, Harry's has been around since 2013. Back in 2013, the makers of Harry's, which is a German company, realized that shaving could be easier, more affordable, and as well, more enjoyable, right? So they decided to come up with a concept to create super quality razors. For the everyday Joe. These razors are super affordable. They're super convenient. And they're easy on the wallet, guys. These are quality blades that are are designed in a factory in the country of Germany. Where can you pick up these razors? Just about everywhere, guys. Walmart, Target, um... Walgreens, I've seen them at CVS. They're just about everywhere where you can buy razors at. If you can't go into a store or you'd like to shop on their website, they do have a website, guys, harrys.com. Visit them at harrys.com, and you can also explore their full, full range of products, including body wash, bar of soap, face wash, Shaving cream, shaving gel, post-shave mist, face lotion, just a name a few. They even have anti-dandruff shampoo and conditioner, guys. Constantly, constantly coming out with new uh, products, uh, new set of brands to their brand. So visit harrys.com. Some authors and some uh, other writers uh, where they... they um... I think they they do it intentionally where they they hold that certain idea or thought and when it's ready to be released they release it because the writer or the author only knows the accurate time to to release that information right to release that novel and I think it's it's important when you're an author or a writer especially in you know in any time you know, now or is it 20, 30 years ago, whatever time it may be, it's important to 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 know when the time is to release that that certain book or novel uh, to the general public, uh, because sometimes and I've seen this, too. I've seen other authors where they where they release it sometimes too early and it's just bad timing. You know, you're you're not you're not gaining uh, the attention of the consumer, you're, you're, you're not picking it up correctly and accurately, or they're not picking it up correctly and accurately. Uh, do you find that, have you found that in your, in your early career as an author or writer, or that really never came across your, uh, your, your mindset? Well, you know, I don't know about the mindset you release when it's finished, right? Uh, like sure. it takes me, it takes me approximately eight, book but then it takes another year to year and a half to edit it and you know tweak it and get it the way you really want it to be so at some point you've massaged it and manipulated it 
to the full extent. So it's ready to go. And, and that's when, you know, when I release a book is when I'm satisfied that no more can be done to get it to that place that I want it to be for the reader. Uh, so some of them can come out, you know, real quickly together as they finish up. Others languish, you know, in, in the catalog, um, waiting for that spark to take place where you know it's the right time. But when is it the right time? You know, you never know. It, you do marketing, you have to do promotion, you have to hope and pray that with, you know, readers, and then they will sort of carry the ball for you and speak of it to, to people that are important in their lives when they see, well, here's something I've read that, you know, not only applies to me, but applies to someone else in my life who, who is important and needs to hear the same the same story, the same poem. Oh, sure. Sure. And I mean, I can relate to editing, you know, with editing, I mean, editing and releasing content or material is really no different from, you know, what we do here, you know, on the show as, as a content creator or a podcast host. Um, it's, (laughs) it's extremely difficult sometimes, especially as a podcast host. It's, it's, you know, folks, it's, 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 it's very, very different. I just want to lay that out as, as, as a, as a, like I said, as a content creator or a podcast host is so much different than actually writing a book, you know, or, 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 you know, publishing a book, two different ball games, um, a lot more editing involved with writing a book, uh, than it would be, you know, literally creating a show, you know, whether it's a talk radio show or a podcast, so much different. Um, the, 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 the amount of work that comes from designing a book, right. From, from the, from, from the cover of the book, from the back of the book, to the subtitles, to the description, to the, I mean, everything, uh, months and months of, of just thought process. So I get it. Some, sometimes I, I'm sure it could be a headache on your end, right? Savage under. Well, Michael, you hit the key there, and it is the editing. That's where, you know, you have that final opportunity to perfect the content, to get it the best it can be for your reader or your listener. So editing, I have found, is is the key to really honing what it is, or in your case with the podcast, what it is you're trying to present. You know your audience. You know why they keep coming back for more. And so your job, obviously, is to try and get guests or topics that will not only keep them coming back, but will give them quality content that they can take and then use in their lives. And that's the same thing that I'm doing with the books is offering up that offer reflective identity to the reader so they can take something from the story and perhaps apply it in their own lives. And, you know, I think that's what you know, we find interesting about you, Branch uh, Isolé, is, is is you're a writer and author of different types of ideas, different types of thoughts, uh, different uh, agendas. Uh, yes, you like to stick to poems. Uh, that's pretty much your, your uh, uh, what is it, uh, words, your, 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 your background or backyard, so to speak, of, uh, of writing books. Uh, you find that your angle, your your platform, the poems. Uh, so, but your poems aren't always the same. You you do get into different types of content. You know where where folks. I'm gonna remind the listener here that 
you know, some of uh, Mr. Isolay's uh, material uh, is really, uh, you know, ideal for the mature audience. It's intended for mature audiences only, um, which a lot of his poems, you know, like, you know, you get into uh, some uh, uh, mature uh, type of content, whether it's sexual in nature or or just uh, just about everything that we experience in life. Um, now, you know, some of these poems that you've written and other novels that you have written, um, I've noticed uh, some strong dialogue there. Um, again, uh, does this come from, you know, past experience or does it does it reflect on our society of what we're currently going through now or maybe past society? Well, I'm hoping both, you know, the, the, the idea is to use situations, to use language, to use um, images of nonverbal communication so that the, the story gives a complete story. That's the great thing about poetry and, and is as a writer, I try to have a story that has a beginning, a middle and an end. And the presentation is as brief as possible. Um, you know, poetry is is the it's sort of the ancient literary form. It started out as storytelling, you know, around the campfire in the cave, talking about life and how to survive life. Then it had its heyday, you know, in the 16th, 18th century as a literary form. And then it sort of fell out of favor for a while. And now with our technology, it's actually coming back into favor with a lot of people because it's short, it's easy to read, it's quick, you don't get involved in a 300-page novel, you know, it's something you can read on the way to work, on the bus, on mass transit, um, it's something you can sit down and read in just a couple but the seeds then are planted that you can take those images, that story, those words, and use them, mull them over in your head and see what they actually mean to you. So with the advent of, of, you know, I need it now, I need it quick, I don't need to get involved for the next two hours, um, some of the poetry and the short stories are really coming back into vogue as long as they can still have an impact and reach the reader. And that's what my stories try to do is reach the reader. And like you say, I write a lot of, a lot of different topics. I write for adults primarily. I write about love and hate and sex and, you know, failure and rejection and success. I write about all the things that we experience in our daily life and our daily relationships so that the reader can identify with the subject matter and then hopefully a thought and they go, wow, I never thought of it like that, you know, or wow, that story really twisted at the end and, and really surprised me. Yeah, and that's what I love about it, you know, because, uh, you know, poetry, again, folks, it's it's it reflects the mind, it reflects the spirit and emotions of, you know, what we're going through in life. And sometimes uh, it's it's great to write poetry uh, as a uh, as a therapy uh, type of scenario, right? You're going through some hard times. You a lot of people, uh, and this goes back to the early 1900s, early 1800s, where uh, most people would would write on a piece of paper a poem, 
that, you know, like I said, they're, they're possibly going through some type of turmoil in their life or some type of uh, stressful uh, type of environment or whatever it may be. And they would write a poem. And it would it, it would be used as a therapy uh, type of uh, scenario to 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 balance out their stress and anxiety. Um, and you had mentioned that poetry is starting to come back. I see that. Um, I have a friend that's a uh, a professor up at Boston University, and he has said that many of his students uh, in their spare time uh, can be seen that you know the 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 parks around the university, the uh, different coffee shops, whether they're Starbucks or any other coffee shop, uh, just picking up a book or, you know, writing poems and, and just, you know, finessing with, 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 with that. And it's, 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 it's interesting that, you know, poetry is coming back, especially in today's times uh, where we live in a very challenging society. Um, I also want to get into something here with you that, you know, many poets uh, today, um, uh, branch, they, they use the, the term slam to get attention of their audience. Uh, do you use that terminology? Do you use that concept to, tr to try to get the attention of audience? No, Michael, that that's a whole different venue. I, I'm not a slam guy. Um, I, I want to mention something you just spoke to, and that is, you know, journaling and diaries, as you alluded to, have been around for centuries. You know, people have been and writing daily or weekly or monthly or whatever their their time frame is, but they've journaled about their lives primarily to themselves, but often that leads to that story development. People who become writers, you know, uh, people who journaled or kept, and then poems most naturally evolve from somebody who's writing and dealing with emotions you know, in their lives. Um, most young poets, that's what they write about. They write about the struggles and the emotional, you know, highs and lows that they're experiencing. And from that, it's sort of like bands in their trade, learning their craft by doing covers of other hits. And so that's how you learn. We learn by, and that's how poets learn. Uh, writers learn, you know, they, they, they journal, they keep diaries, they express their thoughts in words, and oftentimes that gives them the background and the confidence to start branching any stories, writing novels. It's sort of that whole writing process, and it starts, you know, as a seedling and then blossoms. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. You know, um, I, I wanted to bring up a point here with you. Uh, you had mentioned just briefly before that uh, that poetry is, you know, is starting to come back. And uh, I, I'm starting to see that little by little myself. Uh, what do you think the uh, the background of that is? Why, why do you think poetry is starting to come back? Um, I know we live in movements more than ever today. Uh, different types of movements, different types of uh, trendy type of topics, right? Uh, but what do you think the movement behind poems? Why do you think it, it it's all you know just just coming back? You know, it, it, do you think there's a reason behind that, or it just do you think it's a there's a reason behind poetry coming back, or do you find it more on a on a trendy type of scale? Well, I think it's both. You've said it. It's it's a trend, but you know, trends are simply once old 
being revitalized and coming back new, whether it's fashion, whether it's hairstyles, whether it's some avant-garde movement or avenue of expression, you know, from an earlier decade or an earlier time, it comes back eventually and it, it's morphed, it's changed a little bit. You know, the, the poetry that you read today is much different than Shakespeare's poetry, you know, or Lord Byron's poetry. It's different than when it had its heyday originally. The form is the same. The impact is the same. The emotions are the same. The language has changed a bit. And of course, our lifestyles, our existence has changed. You know, we can deal with images. Uh, expressions that were unknown 200 years ago. I mean, we just didn't have the, the technology. So our life has changed. Our lifestyle has changed. The emotions and the psychology hasn't changed. Man is still man. Woman is still woman. And we still grapple with the same things they grappled with 200 years ago, 500 years ago. Years ago. We've changed because our technology has changed and our lives have changed, but the inner us hasn't changed. So the inner emotions, the inner feelings that were expressed, you know, in literature or in music or in art 2000 years ago are just as applicable to us today as human beings. Yeah, and I see that. And uh, I also see that, um, you know, some of this poetry today, you know, versus two, 2000 years ago, uh, when it first basically came into existence, uh, the poetry then is a lot different now. Um, uh, you can also look at poetry in the political specter. Uh, I cover politics very very uh, highly here on the show. Uh, I see a lot of uh, political uh, viewpoints in poetry. Um, I see, uh, I see it as a good thing, but I also see it as a bad thing. Do, do you see that as well, too, Branch? Well, politics is a big part of our lives, just like yeah. um, you know, those two have been around since the first breath we took, and both of those entities, our politics and our religions, are sometimes at odds, sometimes strange bedfellows. Both have a high degree of impact on our lives, on our daily lives, even though we may not fully understand going through our lives, fall out the outcomes of those kinds of world and politics and religions basically control and morph a lot of our life. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just see the... Uh... Uh, possibly, you know, it can be looked as awareness, right? To, to, to get attention of the mind, you know, as, as well as the senses. Well, all, all entities are trying to get your attention, right? Whether it's a, a physical entity or an esoteric entity or corporations or religion or politics, all of those are designed for people to get your attention and then trying to make you believe or think what they want you to think and believe. And, and so the goal is always the same. How do I garner the greatest amount of attention, the greatest number of followers, and then 
where can I lead them to? Um, you know, some of that's beneficial, some of it's highly unbeneficial. Hmm, that's powerful stuff. Oh, I'm blown away. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, I'm definitely going to need a cup of coffee after this. I tell you that, Branch. But, um, you know. Uh, or a bottle of beer. Uh, yeah, e- either way. Uh, well, coffee, the coffee is usually set in the morning. You know, uh, a nice uh, a nice Miller Lite sometimes is towards the, uh, you know, late after dinner or something to, to wind and relax to. Uh, but, you know, going into here as we're going to close it out here uh, with some of some of your work that you, you've expressed. Um, I have to ask this here. Um, I usually like to ask this question, uh, you know, when I have an author or a writer on the show, such as yourself, with your certain background with poetry, do you see yourself writing anything else besides poetry or is that pretty much what you want to stick to or basically be known as an author. Well, that's how my expression comes out. You know, I'd love to write the great American novel, but I'm, I'm, that's not me. It just isn't, you know, I never thought I have myself as a poet or a short story. That's just what started to come out. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy with trying to express myself and, thoughts and ideas and opinions with people and the way I do it is through the poetry and the short stories. Um, I thought about trying to write a novel, but it's just not me. Right. I understand. I, I'm sorry I had to put you out there like that, but it was just a, it's a, it's, it's a question that I, I always like to ask, you know, different types of writers or authors because you really like to know, you know, the, the, the true meaning behind their work, if they would ever branch into other types of, uh, novels or books or possibly series or different types of categories, you know, such as, you know, yourself, you like to write poetry and I respect that. I really do. But, you know, it's always a very interesting thought of bringing up um, not only on this show, but any other show or, you know, any other type of conversation with somebody, you know, if they would ever branch into other types of work, you know, possibly, you know, uh, fiction, nonfiction, uh, you know, science, uh, politics, anything for that matter. So, you know, I, 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 I just wanted to bring that out there. And I, you know, I do respect your, uh, your, uh, your sentiment and, and, and your, and your thought on that. So um, branch, we're going to, we're going to close it out here, sir. Did you have any other uh, types of comments or um, questions you wanted to add on the show or possibly bring into the show before we close it out? Thanks, Michael. I'd just like to invite all those listeners out there who haven't had a chance to read some of my material. Uh, There's a lot of it posted for free on my website, and there's a lot of it posted for free on my YouTube channel. So I would invite any of your listeners who've not been tuned into poetry or not been tuned into, you know, real life expressed where you can read about it without, without concern it's it's there for you. Hmm. I'm telling you, good good stuff. And uh, you know, Branch, I I want to let you know that I'm you know I'm a big fan of your work. I uh, uh, I'm starting to pick up uh, some other novels. I've I I got to say on the show as I close it out here, uh, I was I don't want to say I was never a big fan of poetry. Um, I just really it, it's hard to to really get into something when you don't know 
what poetry really is. I mean, I've, I've had that thought on my mind for several years, even as a young youngster, as a young man. Um, I have looked at poetry once before. I just, it's funny because when you get, when you get older and, and, and you experience, you know, the aging process, you start to get involved with different types of, um, uh, different types of things, different types of interest and everything else. So I want to let you know that I, you know, I've been basically be becoming a, a huge fan of your work. I really would like to see more of it come out. Uh, and I wish the best, best of luck to you, sir. I really do. Michael, thanks so much for the kind words. I appreciate you, um, getting more interested in it, whether it's poetry or novels or short stories, you know, the medium doesn't matter. What matters is, does it have an impact on me as a reader and can it as a person move forward? It opens more doors for us. It gives us more confidence that, Hey, I haven't looked at this in the past for whatever reason, but maybe now's the time for me to put my toe in the water and see how it feels. Hmm. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, and in closing, uh, uh, Branch, I'd, I'd like to uh, see more of this. And this is this is coming personally from me. Uh, the reflections on Chrome, I would like to see uh, possibly more series come out of that. <laughs> I think I think you have some really, really uh, interesting uh, poems, just not in the parking lot confessions. But I would love to see it become a series. Uh, that's that's coming from me. <laughs> Michael, I appreciate that. We'll take that into consideration. I'll talk with the big boss. All righty. Sounds good. Guys, uh, today, the author of Reflections on Chrome, his latest book, Parking Lot Confessions, uh, the author and writer, Branch Isolate, on the show. Thank you very much, Branch, and uh, thank you for those who had listened. Uh, remember to like that like button and follow button for all the